In the circles of self-development, spirituality, and a bunch of others, the concept of karma is often discussed in relation to why we have certain experiences. In this episode, we shift the focus on what karma is to how to utilize the idea of it to quicken our processing through acceptance and back to center. Regardless of how you personally view it, there is a great benefit in using it as a tool of recognition on our journey inward. Since we are on the subject, you all are sure to gain good karma from sharing the podcast with those thirsty to receive the wisdom. Okay, I kid. We aren't that tight with the divine to guarantee something like that, but we'll sure put in a good word for you. You can also send us your gratitude monetarily through donation by joining our Patreon account for just $5 a month, gaining you behind-the-scenes content and a shout-out by me. You can do so by going to wise-wise.com slash patron. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And now for the 53rd time, let's journey. Uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. So believe it or not, there are some topics that Alexander and I have not really touched upon in depth, even in our personal conversations. And one of those topics actually came up earlier before we started recording today, and it was around karma. And this is something that Alexander doesn't uh, in fully incorporate into the just philosophy, but he has a viewpoint that fits within the just philosophy. Yeah. And that's what we're going to be discussing today. So Alexander, why don't you, because this is still fresh for me, so I feel like this conversation is going to be very energizing. Right. Uh, why don't you first begin by discussing how you define karma? Well, this, uh, first off, is a um, very delicate and intricate subject. And this discussion is going to be just kind of like an introduction uh, of how the just philosophy's view of working with it is. So we're really coming from a position of how to utilize it as part of your tool of self-development or self-awareness. And rather than getting into the deep, uh, the deeper spiritual or religious connotations that are connected to it, um, because there will be many opinions of it, just like the word love. It has so many meanings. So, you know, roughly we're going to describe the the karma as something that, like, energetically needs to be paid one way or another. And this has been discussed, of course, in many circles that I uh, have attended through over these 25 years or so of looking at this stuff. And it's not to say that anyone is right or wrong. Once again, we're just sharing a view of how to utilize it. So in the Destiny card system, one of the tools uh, in conjunction with the human design system, we can do relationship compatibility reports that actually show this in verbiage how energetically uh, these karmic debts come to be paid. And one view that I would like to bring up is for it to be like a global payment system rather than a person-to-person payment system. And the more charts that I've studied, this, the easier it is to see that, that karma doesn't necessarily get paid both ways uh, per pairing of people. Sometimes you come together to just give some karma to a person and then they never give anything back and vice versa. Somebody may just be giving to you. And so whether you feel like this is uh, some people feel from past lives that you've lived or maybe even karma that you've created in this life. uh, One of the points that I really want to bring up in the beginning is 
seeing that sometimes our so-called free will may either help or challenge this understanding of karma because some people do feel that we have the right to choose or make our own decisions and manifest our own directions and that kind of thing. And I'm not here to challenge that. But I also know that one of the five pillars of this work is, you know, everything is either in divine order or in complete chaos. And this philosophy supports a divine order, whether we understand it or not. And in that, when we are going through times where life feels challenging or that it's picking on us, um, to me, having that view helps relieve some of that to just feel that like maybe if you get something stolen from you, you can continue to ask why and even catch the perpetrator and ask them why. But very rarely will you get an answer that fulfills you enough to where if you do look at it from a point of view of a global connection, then making that payment and letting that go may have been a karma that you needed to pay and potentially our heaven or our hell here on this earth is how we accept and deal with what life is bringing us. So being able to step out of the, the view of what's right and what's wrong, and once again, this is another one of the pillars, is that this is the plane of polarity. In order to understand love, you do have to be in the experience of hate at some point to see that extreme. And if you don't experience that, then you may be limited in how you're experiencing love. So it's very similar with this uh, idea of karma and going through life and feeling that we can feel that we're either a victim of this life or we're completing uh, things from the past of this life or past lives. And so this is, once again, just kind of setting a neutral ground as we can for people to look at this subject in possibly a more expansive way. And I'm looking forward to diving deeper into this and just sharing uh, this view. I like the idea of a global payment system within the karmic realms. And like you mentioned with the destiny cards, I see what you're, what you're getting to with the destiny cards because um, your cards or your, your general energies that you represent are based on your birth date and each individual person doesn't have their own energy assigned to them. So it is kind of like a bank of like everybody born on the same day exhibits the same energy and has the same karma or karma to be paid to them because they're all born on the same day. So I can see as globally, everybody born on the same day is kind of like the same energetic lesson or energy that moves around and, to play energy. to play roles yes, as we exactly. we discussed and and even in the that day you know breaking it down uh, by the time is what gives these other nuances of maybe what is to be paid or what is to be received and it's just as important to understand that receiving a so-called karmic payment is just as important as giving because if you don't play the role as the receiver then the giver isn't able to complete that and so you can actually harm or create uh, negative ripples, so to say, by not receiving properly. And our culture really uh, or struggle with the receiving. Um, we were taught much more to be the givers and to always typically always overgive is where I feel like our culture really got to and receiving got lost. And this is bringing that balance of the feminine and masculine energy, the receiving of the feminine to the giving of the masculine and bringing that a little bit more into so-called equilibrium as I like to use uh, over balance. So if we're talking about karma in a very global sense, so I'm going to ask you a challenging question. Okay. Uh, what is the overall reason why we should be interested in helping solve these karmic debts, whether it is giving or receiving? What is the overall benefit that everybody would enjoy through that? I think it's a, um, whether someone is looking for uh, so-called enlightenment or to reach a higher vibration of just being or to be a better person, um, all of those variables uh, are affected by how, once again, somebody may not call it karma. Um, 
they may just call it a bad luck. Um, they may call it good luck. They may call it destiny. So there may be many different words describing this, but where it comes back in this work is your perception of how you respond or react to whatever you want to call it. So something uncomfortable happens in your life. Some people choose to say, oh, I'm just paying karma here, and that helps them to stay out of a negative vibration. It helps them to get to acceptance. Some people say that, oh, the, the devil's at work today, and they took this from me, or it took this from me. So, see, I'm not as interested in the specific way that somebody looks at it, but how it's affecting that person, their perception of how they get to acceptance of it is the key. Because once again, we're talking about our vibration and how we hold our vibration is really uh, determined by these decisions. And not only decisions we make, but decisions that are made for us. And then we have to choose to either react emotionally or to respond more consciously. And acceptance from my perception is, if not the first, one of the first steps that normally has to happen for that next level of consciousness or growth to happen. And I see many people try to skip acceptance and go even into doing. And so they can even complete a task or so-called fix a situation but they never accept it. And so it creates disharmony in the body. It creates disharmony in the energetic field that feeds the body. And then many times illness is the result. So it could be said that how someone approaches karma or acceptance of things that happen in their life is directly connected to their overall well-being or health. And that's what we talk consistently on this podcast about is how the mental, the emotional the energetic, and even the spiritual and the physical, all five of these levels affect this being or this vehicle that we're in. And once again, that bringing it back around to whether you call it karma or not, try to make a connection with you listeners out there to something that you uh, can connect that with. Like I said, whether it is seeing it as good luck, bad luck. I know people that just use that term all the time or whether it's a more spiritual or other type of religious way of looking at it. So basically the term loosely of karma being some type of payment, either received or given, and um, to stay with us and not get too caught up in the specific words that we're using, but how you can relate to this. So it also sounds like maybe we're bringing in the pillar um, utilize everybody as your teacher. Right. And that karma could also maybe be seen as also a lesson or, or be labeled as a lesson, but are they inter interwoven with each other? Is a lesson karma? Is, is karma a lesson? Yeah, and I think that is a choice. Just like, uh, you know, every situation or every person has the opportunity to be your teacher, but you don't have to choose to look at it that way. And I think it's the same thing with karma um, or luck. Uh, some people just feel that they have bad luck or some people feel like they just are constantly paying bad karma. Um, that's still a choice of perception. So, and that's what, of course, charges our energetic field, which affects all these different levels. So it's really not in the action of the giving and receiving from my perception, but in the response to that giving or receiving. So see, it can be very fluid and it can happen um, without many ripples at all. If somebody, say, hypothetically, say, loses $1,000 in the stock market or in cryptocurrency or whatever it is, in real estate or whatever it is, see, how they handle it or accept it or resist it is what's going to determine how powerful that situation is. But somebody right away could just say, oh, obviously that was some karma I just needed to pay, and I'm fine with letting that $1,000 go. I know that it'll come back to me in another way. And those are the people that move through life uh, in a very different manner than people that are stuck like comparing or trying to win at things um, and looking to be challenging. 
acceptance is one of the hardest things to get to. But once you get to that, you see how special of a tool that it is. Because whether you resist something or accept it, if it's already happened, you're not going to change it in that, that past. But how that energy moves forward and the ripples that it sends out, you're very much uh, have the ability to manage that. And so, so that's why it comes down to whether we're accepting this role as luck or as karma or as good deeds, bad deeds, however you want to look at it. Um, it's really about choosing whether to utilize it and make it useful to you or to be a victim of it or to just choose to say that it doesn't exist. And all those are free choices. But in this, we're going to be focusing on a person that does want to use events in their life to learn from. And so sometimes we can be presented with something, and this is what we were talking about a little bit earlier in our private conversation, can be presented with a situation, uh, maybe dance with it for a period of time, and then decide they don't want to be part of that. And I like to say that everybody has that free will, but understand that if that was brought to you either from a karmic direction or lesson direction, you're not going to get away from it. You may get away from that specific person, but the next time it may need to come in a little bit more exaggerated. So sometimes people, situations may start with like something like uh, an animal and then it may progress to uh, like a person. Then it may progress into multiple people. Then it may progress into a community. So the point is, is that taking time to not just focus on what we want, but in the roles that we're playing in each person's life and to realize that when we do make decisions, we do send out ripples. And that ripple that you send out to not utilize the situation that was brought to you but only for a limited amount of time, may set up for a higher so-called karmic payment down the road. And this is all, um, let's say, hypothesis and theory and stuff that I've been working with for a long time, but I'm not trying to come across as an authority in, in this subject of karma. That's not my attempt here. It's really just to shine the flashlight on how to utilize it within this philosophy and so with me, uh, like I said, it helps in my practice to see how much, how quickly I go through something that I resist, how quickly I can get back to my zero point or equilibrium um, to bring my vibration back. And acceptance is one of those steps. And karma is something that I've used as a stepping stone uh, to get to that. So this is just a suggestion of maybe how to how to utilize that. So uh, when things happen to us that make us ask why and we can't seem to come up with a logical reason, um, that's why I feel like terms such as karma has been created. Whether it truly exists or not, I'm not going to argue or debate with anybody. I just uh, am sharing how to find a way to utilize it and same as the dream state, uh, it can be utilized. I'm sure we'll have, uh, you know, a podcast at some point about that. But I was just talking with uh, one of my sons yesterday about the dream state and uh, dissecting dreams. And so whether it's signs or whether it's dreams or whether it's dharma or karma, we spend too much time, I feel like, trying to prove uh, that it exists or doesn't exist rather than just using it as a tool as uh, how to expand and so that's what we're going to keep this on is, as a tool of how to expand. So all those that have treated me so-called negatively in my view in the past, it helps me to view that as uh, a karmic payment and that they were basically teaching me what not to do. And so I don't hold any ill will toward them. And in that response, I feel like that's me receiving and giving karma to a certain extent and uh, I think this is very interesting, you know, how we've kind of uh, stepped into this and are viewing it. So like I do in many situations I get into, and I'm sure many of our listeners as well, since trying out this philosophy in their lives, I'm always trying to find what the lesson is. What am I trying to learn here? And I feel like uh, that's each individual person's journey. So when mm -hmm. you're in something, how do you know 
what the le- like how do you really know what the lesson is and how do you really know if it's karmic cuz w- when when i hear lesson and i hear karma karma is such an interesting word because i feel like it can be like a global thing like every time you do something good when you didn't have to that's kind of good karma but then when you get into like uh karmic relationships and things like that it feels heavier than just a lesson yeah yeah and you know and i question or look at that deeply when people feel like uh, that they are creating good karma by doing certain deeds. And I'm not saying that they do or they don't, but uh, many times that that purity is lost as soon as a person is looking for some kind of like payment. Like one of my uh, main teachers taught me that the true act of, of service is when nobody knows that you did anything. And to be comfortable in that knowing of the roles that you play. And so uh, in our culture, that's not supported a lot, but I feel like it is, it is important. And so, you know, dissecting whether it's a lesson or whether it's a karmic payment, that discernment is per individual. And to me, it's maybe not necessarily all that important uh, because I do want to utilize each, I'm basically use, utilizing the so-called view of karma as a way to get to acceptance for a change that I'm looking to make, and that's all part of the lesson. So not get hung up on the actual mental part of the definition. Yes, the definition is just, is it able to be utilized as a tool? And for me, right away when I feel like I've lost something, if I can switch that vibration to somebody that was in need gained that, then it helps me to accept my loss faster. And then to take that to the next stage as to, well, why did I need to lose that? Um, You know, that why could be justified like right away by the simple of obviously somebody needs it worse than I do. Or if you know who took it and they didn't necessarily need it, then it helps to be able to say, well, obviously I had some karma to pay to them. And if they needed to do that behind my back, my job is not to judge them, uh, but to accept this. Now, this will be challenged by sometimes by people that say this sounds like you're getting walked over, you're getting taken advantage of. But the thing is, is that um, uh, the opportunity for friction is always there. And we can either grow from it or we can create a dissonance in dualism that exhausts so much energy on both sides. So, I'm not saying that some things aren't worth standing up for and fighting for as I support Gandhi and the work that he did in freeing a nation and exemplifying basically what we're talking about. Like, whatever you do to me, I'm not going to do the same thing back. So whatever karma is coming my way, I'm not going to inflict that on somebody else in reaction. And I just think that Gandhi's story is a good, um, a good example of that. But taking that effort to choose to not be the victim and to choose to get out of why, which is the whole point of this podcast of the wise wise is to annihilate that why, because it's what exhausts so much. And so, so like I said, using karma as a tool and saying, well, obviously I just needed to pay that, or obviously they needed to receive that, or someone needs it more than I do. Uh, changing the mental pattern is is imperative to change the emotional reaction and so giving it different information as soon as possible is what's useful so so i think that that focus on karma to choose to use it as a tool and basically that tool is how to get to acceptance as soon as possible whether you're the receiver or whether you're the giver of it and to receive it, but not to gloat over it, and to then want to maybe distribute what you've received to share is going to get you once again back to that equilibrium or what I call the zero point of of just uh, being present and carrying what I like to call non-preference. And that's where you're going to normally all the energy centers or chakras are going to be aligned in that case, and you're not going to feel threatened. And this is where that understanding of unconditional love really starts to come from because when you're not threatened or challenged or in any kind of need, that's the ideal situation to experience what some people uh, call unconditional love. 
And as I've said before, I do feel like this comes from the root and the second chakra as opposed to the heart chakra. That is the more of the um, emotional attachment type of love. But that's for a whole other podcast. But bringing this back to the the karma thing is that going through watching a partner uh, deteriorate and pass away to cancer and me being the only caretaker for her makes very little logical sense. But there was never a doubt in my mind that I was going to do it. There was a doubt whether I could or couldn't because I doubted myself through insecurity, but there was never a doubt that I was going to. So whether I or anybody wants to call that a karmic payment, that I just had to walk with her down that path, I can go, okay. Or somebody says, that's just because you're an honorable man and you... You know, you show love in a way by being present. I say, okay. You know, however someone wants to describe it is is fine, and but I don't get too caught up on you know the the intricacies of that karmic payment and how I'm going to get paid back and that type of thing. It it is a reciprocal. There is something to the phrase of you get what you give, but it's not direct. And if you're giving, expecting something in return, then it may not be pure and it may be not part of that energetic payment. And that's the key. So that's where my phrase, uh, it may not be love if you're looking for something in return came from. Uh, You may want to call that attraction, uh, infatuation, many different things. But love is really meant from my perception to be just given. And that you're always happy to love to give, but it's not looking for what you're going to get in return. And so I think karma is very similar that you don't do so-called good things trying to build your piggy bank up with uh, good deeds so that you don't have to pay the so-called cost or, or negative karma. Uh, that's, uh, that's an interesting view that I have run across people that, you know, that practice and, and carry that view for quite a while. In certain situations of my life, I've found myself putting in a lot of energy to make something better only to eventually leave it. Like um, the house I had in, in Connecticut, I was only there like a year and a half, two years, but I owned it for across seven years. But I always put a lot of energy into it to make it the best that I could. And I, and I realized that throughout my life, I've kind of lived with this value of leave everything better than how you found it. Mm-hmm. And would you say that that is, because you're not really expecting something in return, you're just kind of anything you kind of interact with, you want to leave better or equal than than how you found it. Yeah, no, I think that's a very um, balanced or way to live in equilibrium. And once again, does that tie into karma or does it tie into just being an honorable person? Um, you know, I'm not going to argue with anybody about those details, but really getting to the the energy of what's behind those transitions and those actions as to basically whether you're nurturing something to grow or you're struggling with it and realizing that struggle is keeping like growth from happening. We do say make love to the friction and that growth happens through friction, but that's passing through the friction, not just fearing it or not just recognizing it and then so-called letting it win or letting it intimidate. So, you know, it's important for everyone to remember that darkness flees light. The light really doesn't have to be forceful. It just has to burn. That's what I'm hoping that many uh, empaths and people that are uh, energetically sensitive or emotionally sensitive can utilize the tools in this podcast because that's what it's been focused on is that so so-called people of higher vibration or of the light or that just want a better world can stand in the friction because the people that challenge that actually feed off of the friction. And so that's the challenge that uh, to stand in the storm, so to say, and not have to judge it and not be a victim of it, but to utilize it. And that's that's kind of the view that hopefully we've got across today about the even the term karma. So I kind of want to bring in relationships here. And I know, like we've been saying, karma, don't put a lot into trying to figure out what the meaning is, but just use it um, to further your growth. In relationships, 
you know, they're all different types and some seem to have different themes running through them and some can end kind of abruptly, but maybe some people try to hold on to them a little bit longer. Like how can we use karma within relationships to kind of maybe help us accept the different types of relationships and anyway, anything you want to cover on that? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it does help to be able to run these reports and see uh, and get confirmation. And normally that's all it is because when I do relationship consulting, uh, it's almost unanimously uh, in agreement of when I suggest that, hey, does he, he or she do, do this to you? And they'll be like, yes, constantly. And I'll say, well, like if, like if a person is – Saturn influence, for example. Saturn is like the authority or the father type figure. So that person is going to play a role to remind this person of their father. And so they're helping them. They're there to help them in their healing. But if that person isn't looking to heal their father issues, then it's just going to be a frictional uh, situation. So even in the verbiage, it may say that this Saturn person is paying karma back to uh, this person that's here to receive this direction or this help. But see, if they don't want to receive it, then the giver can't do what they're there to, to do. And so this is where you get into the potential debate about what's enough effort. You know, how much time do you give a situation or a person to so-called get on board? Uh, that's a very challenging uh, variable. So what I do like to suggest is just be very careful your agreements and your promises that you make to people until you have a full understanding, well-rounded through all five of these levels, the physical, the spiritual, the mental, the emotional, and the energetic fields. So yes, so with those you know five different levels, if you take the time to sit with the decision that you feel that you're getting ready to make or attempting to make, and you can go through uh, clearing it or justifying it, and I use that word loosely, through all five levels, then it may be a good idea. But this is also where hopefully this philosophy, this podcast is developing a community to where we can actually utilize each other and have a safe place to come to present a situation to get support. Uh, but you've got to be willing to not always be chasing what you want because somebody else non-attached is going to see it more than likely much more clearly the cost of it or the repercussions of it than the person that has the want. So this is more of a tribe type of mentality that I really appreciate where we're not just building community that supports one another uh, to be positive, to be happy, but actually like more of a tribe that we are looking out for each other's best interest and we're helping each other to see things clearly, not just positively. And I feel like that's a little bit of a difference between the term community and the term tribe. And that's what I developed my family, my personal family to be for us to be able to call on each other in those situations. But it takes a trust, a trust. And that's what even dancing in this realm of karma is part of building that trust because anything that you're practicing to help you get toward acceptance is working with trust directly. So, um, you know, somebody that functions with the idea of karma and being able to get to that acceptance very quickly, you know, is resonating with the, the first pillar of this work very much, that everything's in a divine order. And I don't never necessarily know ahead of time whether I'm paying or whether I'm giving, but I trust the divine order. Our tools help us to know. Uh, we can break down individually the cards or the 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 numerology of people that you're going to be making payments to and vice versa, who's going to be paying you. And that can be very, very helpful because when you meet someone and you're able to understand maybe the role that they're playing and just like, you know, in our situation here, uh, Aaron is a wonderful co-host, but he's also my cosmic reward uh, being a three of diamonds that he is. So, there's an example of a type of karmic payment going on here that 
he is happy to support me in this work and he feels driven to, and that's part of our connection. But at the same time, I've done many things over the past three years of our connection to support him in supporting me in this work. There, there is a balance in there or an equilibrium to it, but it's not a direct type of payment. So I love talking about that, especially anytime we can talk about um, Aaron and I directly. It can give some good examples of exactly what we're talking about. I'm glad that you brought that in because that is a good way of looking at it in a more well-rounded way where it's not like if somebody owes somebody something, the other person doesn't just sit back and wait for it to be received. <laughs> yes. You know, There is some some work that they can do to maybe uh, absorb more of that. Yes, because what happens if that doesn't get filled in reciprocation is it burns out really fast. You would have felt like you needed to help me in so many areas so much, but then you wouldn't have felt fed like I was giving you anything, and this is what happens to relationships. And then it could just be said that that karma was paid or it's not, and we both have to go set, set up new relationships to finish that type of payment. So that's why we have constant check-ins every week with Aaron being a, a five person, a three five in the profile. Then part of my work with fives is to check in and make sure that nothing is being hidden in the so-called subconscious, that there's an open table that we're talking about things consistently that may come up. And this is how we utilize this work specifically in our own communication. There is a a give and take on both sides, but there are different avenues and different styles, and it's not tit for tat, so to say. So going back to that example that you were discussing with the Saturn influence, if both of those people now know that there is a karmic tie between them and it, it explains why one person's uh, acting a certain way to the other, does that normally, in your opinion or in your practice overall, does that normally help those two understand their relationship and, and uh, open their their minds up to um, accepting those roles or or does it tend to kind of repel each other? I mean, it can go both ways. The majority of the time in my sessions, it brings two people closer and understanding such. Once again, I'll use Saturn as the example. They're going to come across as an authority figure. So the Saturn person is always going to point out things that the other person isn't doing uh, quickly enough or efficiently enough or good enough, but it's a love language. The Saturn person shows love through showing what the other person is doing inefficiently, but the person receiving that normally doesn't receive it as love. They receive it as being torn down, being judged, being ridiculed, and therefore it has a detrimental effect. So see, we're back to it's not about what is actually happening. It's the perception of what is happening that is creates all of the the damage so to say because the same thing being experienced between two people but two different perceptions has two completely different experiences but that doesn't change the one experience that's really happening that's actually happening so how we view what is going on to us is as important if not more than what is actually going on to us um, or with us or around us. So that's why the power of the mind is uh, still virtually untapped, but it is through changing your perception and how you want to feed your uh, mind, your being, your energy field, the information of what's happening in your environment. That's a delicate dance, and this is where a lot of debates and arguments come from, is not in what actually happened, but in the perception of what happened and two people, two or more people seeing it very, very differently, not the actual event. And possibly the one that sees it the most clearly is the one that carries the least preference in either side winning or losing, but just a willingness to see it so-called as it is. And so tools such as karma, such as faith, uh, love, all of these terminology can help us get to that acceptance faster, which from my perception is what sets the standard for the vibrations that are going out. And after hearing that, if somebody is listening and thinking, 
uh, maybe they want to take a look at their relationships around them to see if there are any uh, karmic ties there to help them see things more clearly. How can they uh, get in touch with you and get some of these Destiny Car reports? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can email at hu period r e period alexander at gmail.com or my Instagram is at Journeys Unite and my business page on Facebook is at Journeys Unite or Alexander Tuttle. So please feel free to reach out because uh, I really enjoy working with couples and any time that I can bring two people closer together through some of this information, uh, it can go a long way. And, you know, when when that Saturn person is sitting there and I'm able to say, like maybe to the the husband, say hypothetically, does she always nitpick you and find ways of it seem like everything you do that she can point out how you could done it better? And he'll say yes, and that can drive me crazy. You see, I can send the the woman that's playing the Saturn role out of the room, and then I can tell him uh, in this situation of, hey, this is a love language. She's really, truly karmically pulled to help you out in these areas. And then I will say, do you have issues with your father? Um, how did you get along? And almost every time that there's a major Saturn person in that person's role, they have an issue with their father that they hadn't worked through. And that's the role that she's playing. And so I can say that if you can stop associating this with your father, uh, it can help your relationship and she will do it less. The, the less you resist it, the less that she will do it. And I've proven this so many times, and and normally that uh, helps the person that's receiving the Saturn energy to just soften a little bit and not be so much on defense when they have from a neutral third party pointing out that, no, this is really a love language, and they're feeling like drawn that they need to point this out to you, and here's the karmic connection. I have found that the majority of the time it does help. The only time that it doesn't is when somebody is in resistance to the possibility or through the technique or even the information. So all of you out there that are, you feel like you're in unbalanced relationships, pay attention to the role that you're playing. Learn to play that role without any resistance and see if it doesn't change the dynamics of your relationship. And we could call this that when that goes into harmony and there's no more resistance, the karma has been paid. So however you want to use the language, I say be very flexible with that. But it's really through the effort and the art of acceptance and how you can get there and then view the solution through the window of acceptance rather than resistance. So in closing, I was going to ask uh, for action items from you on how people can take all this information and maybe apply it to their lives and kind of review their relationships. And you did just touch upon that a little bit, asking people to take a look at their relationships and see where they're playing roles and then stop resisting them to see what the result could be. But do you have any other um, action items that people can try this at home? Yeah, I mean, even if you don't want to get into a deep private session, uh, reach out and order just a relationship compatibility report or a your own yearly report. And these reports are you know, anywhere from 10 to 35 pages or so, and they have a lot of information. So it's the type of thing that you can uh, invest a very small amount in, read some of the language, see how you resonate with it. And then, of course, uh, I'm here to support any questions and further clarification. Wherever you carry resistance to really pay attention in those areas of your life, and this is where I really utilize raising um, kids and Uh, which I've been very open that was never my plan was to have kids, but I did wind up connecting and falling in love with a lady that had two three-year-olds, and then I took that on very, very seriously. And when they were acting up, I would practice and exercise getting my energy to a point where it didn't bother me and that I could actually enjoy them being loud inside the house that, that really wasn't something that I supported. And invariably, when I could make that shift energetically, they would stop, get more centered and go in the room and start playing a game or a video game or something. That works so much better than the over authoritative stop, quit doing that, take that outside. That kind of directing 
I saw a never ending to it um, because the energy isn't shifting. It's being uh, controlled. It's being directed. So I chose to just simply go, no, this is in my environment for a reason here. My reason I'm going to choose is for me to get at peace with it. See, that's not rolling over and letting those kids just walk all over me. I was making sure everyone was safe because the only thing that I was working with was my resistance to it, my frustration with it, which I've been very open that frustration and insecurity are, are my two that walk with me through my whole life. When I could let go of that frustration and just smile and be in gratitude that these two boys are healthy and they are vibrant and what I viewed as cutting up and being irritating right now, I'm in so much gratitude that they're here in front of me. And then, like I said, that would dissipate the energy, the frictional energy. They would come into more alignment, wouldn't even realize it, and the whole home would become more harmonious, and I didn't have to say anything. So work with the power of acceptance, but be careful that we do fool ourselves. Uh, The acceptance is truly there's no emotion being generated at all. It's not just being able to hold it back and persevere through it, but inside you're, you're very frictional. Um, the first step is not reacting emotionally externally, but then the granddaddy poobah stage, so to say, is annihilating the or releasing the emotion as quickly as you can after it gets activated. And once again, the first step to that from my perception or from the just philosophy is acceptance. And now everybody stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. And for this uh, segment, I will be playing another private release, which is enlightenment. Enjoy.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verities Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment and sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.